0: You're about to enjoy a free episode of The Dull Crayons. To support the show and earn cool rewards, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com dullcrans When we hit 25 supporters, we will release the second set of Llama Llama Red Pajama Freestyles by yours truly and BX Tony, and you know you want to hear those. You can also support us by throwing us some star magic and writing a review on iTunes. And as always, stay dull, carry snacks. Good morning boys and girls. Today we'll be learning all about Doll Crayon. into the crayon box this is a brand new 2019 crayon box of course uh yet inside you will find nothing but dull ass nubs because you are in the dull crayons i am your loyal dullard gabriel zuger and i'm joined today by longtime co-host uh bx tony that is tony from the bronx tony how are you doing this 2019 g money 2019 2019 first step you know what first step out the box i'm feeling good feeling good I'm feeling good yeah, so I'm far so right. good to
1: 2019 yep uh 2018 was a hell of a ride that's for sure absolutely uh, i think you and i have a lot to discuss mm-hmm. reflect mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm feeling good i and i feel we, great to be here by we've the way got to this reflect. is reflect. First... we've got
0: a genuflect we've got to yeah, do this, it all this
1: is this is my first time recording in this location
0: Oh, this is your first time recording at the Freddie D Studios. Correct. Oh wow, we're 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 popping your your Harlem Cherry here. I mean, then. early on in 2019, <laughs> getting popped. I love
1: it. I love it. So I'm I'm honored and flattered to be here. 2019 is
0: going to be all about firsts. Okay, we're gonna we're you know at some point there's going to be the first uh, live Dollcrans. We're making that happen. Can't 2019 wait. is going to be big. Uh, we're going to have our first call-in show in a little bit. Oh. Um, so, yeah, 2019 is definitely a big year for the Dull Boys. Uh, hopefully, it's a big year for, for the world at large. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking on the positives, yeah, right? We're, we're making progress. We're exactly, we're exactly. exactly. Keep your head up. But, you know, the, the, the thing about New Year's, um, and, and and I'm not a big fan of New Year's. I think it's this, you know, it's a crappy, like, what what, what the fuck are we doing starting a yeah. new year? Yeah. Like, just flip, flip yeah. the page over. Yeah. Well, what does that even mean? Different New chapter. Exactly. Yeah. As As one of our uh, favorite colleagues says, you know, uh, same shit, different day. Oh, right? yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's just the same. Shout out! But, shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> shout out to Big uh, J Money. Um, but uh, if uh, if if there's one thing that you you really have to do at the start of a new year, because you know uh, history is uh, doomed to repeat itself if we if we don't learn lessons from it, you want to look back. You yep. want to do a little look back. You want to take a little inventory, do a little reflecting, as we mentioned. And so uh, you know something that we haven't really done on this podcast is uh deal with any debts oh do any any rips and so we would like to spend uh, a good portion of this episode uh dealing really in in saying goodbyes saying goodbyes to the 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 things and the people that left us in 2018 yeah
1: we had some we had some hitters we had some big hitters every year of course we know we expect that Mm -hmm. right of course that's how it works in life but um you know i think it's uh as educators, number one, the, uh, the idea of reflection is a huge part of what we do. But you know, put, put the job aside, thinking about life in itself, I think it's, uh, it's very important for us to sit back here you know, at the start of 2019 and try to get rolling on a good note to think yeah. back of, yeah. you know, a guy once said Common, great rapper, mm-hmm. never looking back or too far in front of me, the present is a gift. And I just want to be, and I agree with most of that, but yep. I think it's important we do look back. So right. what do we have in store?
0: Uh, so, I mean, one, uh, just to start us off, uh, one thing that, that we did bring up uh, back in 2018 when it did pass uh, was, of course, uh, fan favorite, uh, Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us yep. left us in 2018. And, you know, I've got to say, America was heartbroken. Oh, that that hit I mean, hard. flags flew at half-mast for Toys R Us for at least eight days. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and you know, for it to happen, I believe it was during the summer or at least late summer, beginning of fall, for it to happen the way that it did, you know, never, never got to see Christmas again, yeah. never got to make another, you know, Jeffrey the Giraffe commercial. I mean... Yeah. If uh, you know if if uh, if Instagram posts are are any notion of the you know zeitgeist of of America, then listen, people are still mourning that death.
1: I agree. You know, I think that the important thing about that one was the fact that it really didn't matter about your background, social and economic right. race. It hit home and it hit hard. Right. Everyone. Right. Everyone. I mean, this is a part of growing up. Right. And I mean, you and I can think back to those commercials.
0: And, and, and everybody, the, the point, Tony, is that everybody could be a Toys R Us kid. 100%. Right? It, it, it didn't matter your, your creed, yeah. your race, your, right. your anything. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be and could be. It was a, It was an equal opportunity experience. Oh, I mean, I remember as a
1: child flying through the aisles with oh my family and friends. And I remember as a teenager taking cousins there, flying through the aisles. And I remember as a young adult.
0: Flying through the aisles you, and, and it was it was an incredible experience. You didn't have to leave there with a toy. No,
1: no it You was just the experience it, it, of being it, it,
0: there. Buying was secondary to the experience of being at Toys R Us. Facts. Yeah. It was about being there in the aisles, it, seeing other kids' faces light up, seeing parents holding toys. Oh, yeah. Like I remember test driving those bikes. Oh there my on the god, side like, the the bikes, I went bike the riding cars. today, even though I didn't buy one. But I went like <laughs> I went there bike guns. ride. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. No, uh, just feeling like you were yourself in your very own Toys R Us commercial, that like somebody was, you know, following you around and filming you because that's how fucking cool you looked on that Huffy or whatever. Of course,
1: yeah. I mean, I remember there was one in Yonkers, Mm -hmm. um, right off of kind of the Deegan, right before Central Avenue started. And I remember uh, I was probably about 10 years old or so. I remember going there, but the plan was every time we would go there, we would go to eat afterwards. And a mm-hmm. restaurant nearby, didn't matter whether it was Mexican or Italian, the notion was that that was a tradition for me. Every right. time I went there, I right. knew we were going to go out to eat afterwards. Right. Every single time. And so I would always look forward to that kind of day with my family. Right. And even if it was with friends or I bring friends, like you said, it was just the idea of being there, having an experience. and. And kind of just putting everything else aside for five to ten minutes in one aisle and then moving to the next one and not thinking about, you know, the realities of actually what could be happening outside, either as a young adult or even as a child thinking about, I have homework to do, but mm-hmm. now nah, I'm riding my bike here in aisle right. three.
0: Right. Yep. So, I mean, from from traditions to presents to just flying through the aisles. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be... 2019 will be a little bit, you know, bittersweet. Uh, surely, just knowing that uh, Toys R Us is is not there anymore for the next generation, for for the youngsters out there, for you know, the kids at heart, yep. the, the adult yep. kids at heart. Yeah. Um, so good night, sweet prince. Well, you you uh, we, opened with a banger. I'll tell we you will that miss much. you. Wow. We will miss you greatly uh, going forward. Uh, so our next one is is an actual human death. Um, this one coming really, cutting it, cutting it, close. Uh, cutting it close. Yeah, really getting it in under the wire uh, on uh, December 22nd, 2018, Audrey Geisel. Mm-hmm. Now, this is uh, Dr. Seuss. This is Theodore Geisel's uh, widow. Yep. Um, she died at 97. Um, so Audrey, Audrey has to be most famous for really uh, being the founder of the Seuss Enterprises, Right, so Theodore was the the genius behind writing the books and 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 illustrating the books, but she was the marketing. Oh, it's always the she brain was the behind business the minded. Yes, yeah, we know she, how that works. She ran the business. She ran her husband, and she did so obviously very effectively. Now, the thing that that came out um, in a lot of the obituaries that was kind of fascinating was there was this slant towards a um, a sort of cold. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, matronly-like figure, Hmm. Um, that she wasn't uh, uh, so much a mother, um, that she sent her uh, children from a previous marriage off to boarding school, Um, and I'm going to read this from, I believe this is coming from the Hollywood Reporter, Uh, sorry, no, this is from a 2000 interview at the New York Times, Okay. speaking about sending her kids to boarding school. They wouldn't have been happy with Ted, and Ted wouldn't have been happy with them. He's the man who said of children, you have them and I'll entertain them, she told the New York Times in 2000. Ted's a hard man to break down, but this is who he was. He lived his whole life without children, and he was very happy without children. I've never been very maternal. There were too many other things I wanted to do. My life with him was what I wanted my life to be. Um, so I mean, for me, reading that, I, I always I always cringe a little bit when when any any uh, publication or really anybody wants to take shots at mothers yeah. or fathers for being cold sure. or, or whatever, because sure. um, I think it's very easy and it's very cheap. It and, yeah, and it's a low blow yeah, it's a low blow. and and everybody's got to parent the way that they parent and every got, you know Correct. they've they've got to make the choices that are right for themselves and right for their kids. And it sounds to me when I read that, like she made the right choice. Yeah. like yeah. if she's saying, my kids wouldn't have been happy around ted cuz ted was just kind of a whack ass guy to be around because you know he was you know a writer i mean writers are fucking miserable uh, ass people to be course. around Emotional so and, yeah uh, and
1: fluctuations,
0: you know writers are hard enough to be around when they're trying to come up with real words that already exist in the dictionary can you they they want to shoot themselves in the head to yeah. try and come up with the right word can you imagine being around dr seuss when he's trying to come up with a word that rhymes with lorax <laughs> like fuck out of here i mean i he must have been raging i constantly. can only imagine
1: though do you think that this experience with um you know his family inspired oh the places you'll go
0: uh, i mean possibly right these this this child just wandering by themselves <laughs> through the world you know <laughs> like, seeing different sites maybe yeah you know i don't know I mean, speaking speaking of inspiration. So it, the other thing that that is gleaned from many of her obituaries is that Audrey also um, pushed him towards more social, um, socially conscious topics. Sure. That yeah. she there goes she, the brain again. Exactly. There the goes concept, the brain. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The tough woman. She was the one who was who who insisted, you know, on the Lorax being this, you know. Uh, this eco-friendly character sure. she was also the mastermind behind apparently the the butter battle book which is mm-hmm. an anti-war book um so right i i mean i think that yeah certainly on some level he's he's got to be taking from his own experiences at home and from yeah if he, if think he sees his sure. wife uh you know <laughs> sending her kids away then maybe yeah he's gonna write a, a story about that um so anyway audrey you you did you did the damn thing well before you really before did. we move on to the next one I just want to give you props yes
1: for bringing that one up okay because you know while it is publicized you know about certain deaths but I think that the idea that we're recognizing her mm-hmm. on this episode mm-hmm. is something that's worth noting mm-hmm. you know it's I got to be honest with you I didn't really read much about this yeah um, so I appreciate it because I think that you know it he was such an important right. figure in our lives growing right. up, and who we, you know, who we work with nowadays. But it is important to recognize the people behind the scenes. Today. Absolutely. So yeah, well done. Yeah, well played. Yeah,
0: and and it seems very much like they were yeah. as much a team as you know any other sure. power couple. Sure. Um, our next one is uh, the famous Marshmallow Man. Now, no, this is not the Marshmallow Man, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from (laughs) the Ghostbusters, who, as we know, died a long, long time ago in, I don't know, 1987 or something. This is Walter Mischel, the father of the infamous Marshmallow Test. Uh, So he died uh, uh, in September 2018.
1: This is not to be confused with the Michelin Man, right? Not the Michelin Man, the Michelin Man, Michelin. not the Marshmallow okay. Man. Just, to, just marshmallow want to clarify.
0: Man. Yeah, uh, he was a psychologist who famously demonstrated the importance of being able to delay gratification to achieving uh, uh, to achieving later success in life. Um, at, so, if uh, I'm going to stop reading from this now, but the 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 actual study that this guy created, which is used still today. Um, in classrooms and in you know, I've used psych it. labs, exactly. Three years
1: ago, yeah, I remember it.
0: <laughs> Is um, well, why don't you why don't you describe it then?
1: Well, I mean, I can tell you it's very I, simple. I, I modified mine, okay. but the idea the idea was you know you're working with a child or children specifically in a right. small group, right? Um, and we worked on it, deciding who here has some self control, right? And who can withstand the temptations of grabbing a treat in our case we did not have marshmallows Mm -hmm. Um, we had jolly ranchers and so we placed a jolly rancher at every single spot that the child or children would be resting at Mm. and they could choose to eat that jolly rancher that's theirs that's That's theirs to do with what they will They even got to pick the flavor they wanted.
0: Oh, you did take this They have
1: 30 minutes during rest to sit down, lay down. And if they chose to have their Jolly Rancher, great. Right. Now, on the other side of this, they could also choose not to have their Jolly Rancher. Mm -hmm. And when the teachers, myself included, returned back from the classroom and we see, wow, little Joey, little Jeannie, and Bobby... Have not touched their Jolly Ranchers, but who, of course, we expected did touch theirs, Jim. Right. And the idea was that Jim had his, he enjoyed his. Great. Jim's day is over with Jolly Ranchers. But the other three will be rewarded with another Jolly Rancher. Second Jolly Rancher. A second Jolly Rancher. Now, they all knew this information. Exactly. Before opening the first Jolly Rancher. Right. And for us, we did it because we wanted to see who really. Had some self control and thinking about, hmm, I could have one now, or I could have two at any point. I've yeah, been. and for us, we made guesses. We were throwing estimations. Yeah. You know, we were figuring out and placing it, bets. Yeah, and, and it was for us it was fun. Yep. of course. But um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you've. Done this in your career, and if you have it, I'm sure you've done it with friends. I've it, done it in,
0: in uh, probably not so much with marshmallows or candy, but certainly in other ways. Yeah, of I just, Of just how can you show me that you you want to earn something more? Bingo. With you know, with delaying gratification, with showing impulse control. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as teachers we do it all the time.
1: All the time, absolutely. Like, yeah. All
0: the time, yeah. and we watch kids fall flat on their face yeah. all the time about oh, yeah. this. Right, we're explaining to them, look, if you can just hold it together for a little bit more, we're gonna have an extra long playtime, right? We're gonna have extra recess if you can do X, Y, or Z. That incentive, the unique form of bribery, it's a mixture of both. Right. Um, And the fascinating thing is that, you know, more often than not, they just can't. Yeah, they just can't. So, what, so uh, now what I'm curious about with yours is if, uh, uh, because you didn't have a hidden camera going. If uh, if there were any child smart enough to maybe unwrap their uh, their grape Jolly Rancher, lick. lick it a few times, and then wrap it back up, I well, don't know if they had that dexterity or that uh, that intellect.
1: We did have a teacher in the room, of course, covering, right,
0: right. Um, And we made the teacher aware of
1: what our goal was right. during this experiment. Right. Um, I trust that this teacher did one heck of a job at you know just making sure and monitoring right. that everyone was being honest and truthful. But right. you're right. Could there have been a chance well, where someone and, snuck in that little bit of a lick? Yeah.
0: And I only bring it up because in, in Walter Mischel's original test, um, which he performed on over 600 students, sure. 600 young people, um, th- what the case was was he would give them, uh, he and his staff would give the child a marshmallow. Yep. And just as you said, they would explain to them you can do whatever you want with this marshmallow. This is yours to keep. Yes. If you wait 15 minutes until we come back into the room, you can have two marshmallows. And that's it. And then there was a hidden camera on the children. And 15 minutes is a long time. Oh, oh yeah. 15 minutes is a very long time. And the kids so just had wait. nothing else to do yeah, in just there. wait. Just yeah. look at the marshmallow and think about it. And what they found was that there were some kids that were able to distract themselves, either close their eyes or sing a game, or sing a song, play a game by themselves, whatever, and hold out. And there were others that ate it right away. Sure. And then there were others even that would try to trick yeah. and try yeah. to deceive, and they would nibble around the corners Absolutely. and do this, that, and the other, thinking nobody's really going to notice, and you know, give it a few licks. Obviously, those are all disqualifying measures. Um, and what 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 Michel later did was he he tracked these students and he found that they that the students that held out and got their second marshmallow had greater chances of success yep. later in life. Now what's funny is uh, and, and this study has been done again and again and again and, and constantly the same conclusion is yes. is come to that, yep. that if you can hold out as a seven-year-old, For 15 minutes then later on you're gonna be more successful down the road the problem with it is the x factors which later psychologists have been able to determine are your socioeconomic background and like just your overall sense of security in life and what they discovered was that hey the kids that are better off they hold out And the kids that aren't better off and maybe even have some, like, food insecurities, Mm -hmm. they know I got to get this thing in me right now or else, like, somebody else is going to come fucking eat it. (laughs) Like, something else, you know, the other shoe is going to drop. And it really, just like most things in life, it really only comes down to how much money your parents got in the bank account.
1: I mean, it's, I can tell you now I have 14 kids during that experiment. Right. And I I remember this one pretty vividly. 10 were able to control it. No impulses, needing, no, tempti- no temptation or anything. Right. Out of the other four, though, one straight up was just like, I wanted it now. Yeah. I remember another one saying, I had it now because I have a ton of candy at home. Mm. The other child said, and this one I thought was fascinating, I ate it because my parents don't want me to eat too much candy. Mm-hmm. So I figured I could eat it now or I can eat it later, but I can't have two today. And so I thought, hmm, okay. Well, you chose to go the route of, I'm gonna eat it now and I'm gonna be loyal and honest with my parents and saying, I had a piece of candy today, so I can't have one tonight. Right. The fourth one, which I thought was extremely fascinating, <laughs> tried to lie and say, mm. I didn't eat it, but I don't know where it is. Mm. And we looked everywhere for the rapper. We figured, yeah, still to this day, we don't know exactly what ended up happening. So could, is it possible that this child did not eat it? Yes. Absolutely. Because there are 13 other bodies in that room that could have easily had sneaky hands. He went
0: straight up fugitive on you guys. He was like, it was the one armed man. Hey, let's let's not assume it's a he. (laughs) The one-armed person came in here and took it. I can't tell you what he did with it or where they went, but yeah. it's gone. But I, I mean, wow. I, I, I
1: in my 12 years of teaching, going outside the box, getting outside the whole curriculum pieces, this day that we had, yeah. that it was one of my favorite days in teaching. And as you know, you know we're in a uh, upper echelon as far as socioeconomics here. So I was expecting most of the kids to be like either I can hold out and wait or nah, it's just a jolly rancher giving right, me. Right. Um and it was it was pretty pretty much no. Like we would love to have a second one today. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Tony from the Bronx.
0: Right. Thank you. Well yeah. listen, I'm I'm never a big fan of uh child torture, uh which I, I do think this is on some level. And I'm I'm never a big fan of uh of using food either as a motivator yeah, or or anything like that. But I got to be honest, just hearing you talk about this and seeing you light up about it. This is fun. I think I'm going to fucking do this with my class this, this week. This I mean, honestly, I think I am going to give them the marshmallow test this week just to see what will happen. I'm just going to do all 24 of them at the same time. Hey. I'm just going to sit them at their tables and see if they can just like be. For I love 15, it. I, I'm, I'm not even joking. This is going to be. I love it. This is going to be a great Thursday. This well, is going to be a great throwback Thursday. We'll have to have a follow up on
1: this because I am beyond beyond curious on how your group will
0: do. Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely have to come up with some hypotheses. Yes. I, I I would like to uh, to to chart uh, beforehand uh, my expectations. I'll take notes during it. Yeah, no, we'll do we'll do we'll do the whole uh, we'll do the whole Gallup polling on it.
1: I mean, I think we could also have like a little betting pool here too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this,
1: this could be – I mean, we have Super Bowl coming up in a little bit. You know, I was going
0: to I think we should have like a straight-up suicide bracket this, this on this or right something. There. You know, like uh, – Listeners, do, you feel free to come do in Do call, an call an in office office with This, pool. this is yeah, going yeah, to yeah. be good. Please, please write in with, <laughs> your, with your over-unders <laughs> on how many kids are going to hold out. Um, please write in with um, – I don't know how many kids burst into tears. You think? Uh, I think some will just be flat you know cause out that, confused. Because that's the other thing is like you know if you're if you're just doing it to one child, correct? That then is, yeah. then it's just one it, child. Yeah. But if, if if after the end of the period, <laughs> ten of them see that another fourteen are getting a second marshmallow, there's gonna be some tantruming. Here's where the most fucked up <laughs> part about it was. That was the most pleasurable moment of the day for me. I know. It I hate. I hate rewarding that I even said it out loud. Oh rewarding
1: God. the ten that actually held out while looking at the other four with a big smile and going here you go oh my god and then I guess what I even moment. indulged in
0: it with them it's a learning moment yeah, yeah.
1: Know, I mean listen you know I, I laid the law but yeah. I had fun doing it and I know they learned a lesson from it
0: well, I'm glad you had fun I I've I've certainly had a little bit too much fun in even just <laughs> discussing this as a hypothetical um but but I'm glad that we had a little too much fun because now I, I gotta bring us down a little bit um because this next one is is a much harder uh heartbreak um Coco the Gorilla died mm. in 2018. Mm. Um, now, when I first learned of this, um, I believe I uh, texted you, yeah. Tony from the Bronx, yeah. uh, because I was, I was just dumbstruck. Yeah. I mean, I think I found out about it on, on the bus ride to work. Um, and, and much like when uh, singer-songwriter Elliot Smith died, uh, which for me was in high school, and I had to just, like, open my day by like, nope. telling my my um, American history, U.S. history teacher, uh, hey, listen, I'm just not going to be very good You're today. You're not here today. Elliot nope. Smith died. And he he looked at me and he said, shut up, Gabe. And I was like, no, really, Elliot Smith died. And he walked out of the classroom. He, like, took a brief cry in the hallway. Like, not a real cry, but, like, yeah. took a moment it Took to his moment. And then came back and was like... Yeah, I'm not going to be very good today either. Um, that was my day when I found out that Coco died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I texted you and I said, yep. listen, I know we all got dicks out for Harambe. Yeah, everyone. You know, big dick Harambe, big dick energy. Yeah. Uh, we all love the, the beautiful boy. But Coco was the gorilla. Uh, and there will never be OG. another Coco. Uh, he's an OG. Coco was, of course, famed. Uh, for uh, being the first gorilla to learn sign language, yep. she could sign over a thousand words. Uh, she had an, an estimated uh, IQ of between, I think, seventy-five and ninety-five. It's right which up there with like, us. Oh no, it's right in the human range. <laughs> like it's higher than a lot of humans and lower than very few. I mean, um, so, uh. And she was also um, an incredible empath and, uh, and is, is perhaps best remembered for, um, for her kittens. Uh, she had several cats uh, throughout her life that she loved, loved, loved dearly. Uh, their names, she named them in sign language. Uh, she named one All Ball, one Lipstick, and one Smokey. And Lipstick, I believe the story is... Or no, maybe it was All Ball. I can't remember, but the story behind one is that, you know, she loved her cats and, and, and took care of them um, very gently. Um, but at some point All Ball uh, got scared or spooked, ran from yeah. from oh, captivity right. and got run over. Mm-hmm. And when they signed it to Coco and you can find this video on YouTube, it's very I easy to find this one. When they when they signed Devastated. to Coco that All Ball had died She got verklempt. She began, like, emoting and crying. And she started signing back, like, I am in mourning. Like, how the fuck could this happen? Why, God, why? Um, And then that's when they got her lipstick and, you know, life went on. But uh, really, I I think for for me, the reason this hits the the hardest and the reason I'm even bringing it up at all is because, uh, you know, Coco taught us that, like, there is... Intelligent life all around us, and there and that, and that, like, the things that we can do as far as learning and education and, like, you know, brain development are like limitless out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the entire time while listening to you, you know, I have personal reflections and emotions about it, but just hearing about how impressive Coco was, of course, yeah, makes me think back to one of our previous episodes together um when we took the Wonder Lick. Sure. And it makes me really want to get someone out there who would be able to, you know, translate this some some sort of test that would right. be able to say, yeah, yeah, I too can score a twenty eight, like you idiots. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. but but in reality, you're you're completely right though, with the idea that we could have some, some sort of life form outside of humans here. To be able to prove that, yeah, no, yeah. we can interact and actually have some sort of relationship that we both have a mutual understanding, emotionally, and socially within each other, and that, yeah, like that, that's just incredible. And we're talking,
0: we're talking years ago. I mean, we 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 talk all the time as adults about like the concept of death and how like oh animals don't have a concept of death oh, or what? like oh yeah, isn't it interesting that like dogs will like crawl under the front porch when they want to die because they they just want to be alone like they can sense death of course but they don't know what it is and it's like motherfucker coco knew what death was Yep. coco knew her kitten was never coming back and she felt it on a real intellectual of course you know empathic level like that's some deep ass we're talking about a kitten Yeah.
1: Like, I mean... Not even, right, not even her own species. Incredible,
0: Right, not even her her daughter or her son. Like, yes, this was, right, something outside of her. Incredible. And she could understand that it was dying. So, really, big, big fucking ups to Coco. Definitely. Uh, Pour pour some out, please. Coco is on the the Mount Rushmore of gorillas. She's on the, the Mount Rushmore of just, you know, amazing animals. I mean, you know frankly i think we could take teddy off mount rushmore right now and just put coco up there. i i was i was gonna I say why can't problem. why
1: can't coco be <laughs> i don't have any problem with yeah. that and for those of you who really do not know the story you really need to go look this one up it's, seriously as much as we love yeah. having fun and joking around being sarcastic and witty this is one to really kind of dig dig into please yeah
0: no it, it really is it's worth it it's worth reading the books it's worth yep. finding the videos uh just just totally amazing um On a slightly lighter note, uh, the Boy Scouts are filing for bankruptcy. (laughs) And it is about fucking time, people. I mean, look, 2018 was a big year for the Boy Scouts, okay? Uh, They started admitting girls, they got sued by the Girl Scouts Scouts. of America. (laughs) <laughs> and they filed for bankruptcy after, I think, their most famous video ever went viral of, uh, you know, Donald Trump addressing the Boy Scout Nation as being like, y'all, y'all are a bunch of good boys. Good little boys out there. <laughs> um, like, what the fuck, Boy Scouts? Like, get out the paint. I mean... Just die already. not a good situation. It's not good. Just you just, guys... Just they, take the L. Simple. Just take the L. Yeah just start over listen listen we know that you love your boys and you love your hiking and you love your this and you love your that just dissolve dissolve the Boy yeah. Scouts and start over I, I, I think that's I, what they have to do but time
1: comes change right every now and then we have to admit that this one is just done right and we cook up something else and like you said they can be inspired by previous years and previous ideas but yeah yeah, you, you you got knocked out. Knocked the fuck out. And just and just, just take it. Stayed out. Stayed out. Your the trainers head. throwing the flag yeah. in the towels in. Enough.
0: Yeah. Good. It's a done deal. Yeah. Um next. SpongeBob <laughs> creator. Yeah. Steven Hillenberger uh, dies at fifty seven. Uh Hillenberger had ALS. Mm-hmm. Obviously we know ALS is just a terrible yeah, affliction. It's a terrible shock. Um and it will take anybody in its in its wake. Um But boy, oh boy, did Hillenberger hit it out of the park. I mean, you can't get any bigger than SpongeBob. You just can't. There's just no comparison. I agree. I mean, I I think for me, the the only thing right now that, that could be even close to as big as SpongeBob in just like the kid world... Would be Mo Willems. and and it would take all, the yeah, entire to, Mo Willems yeah. collection to yeah. to match SpongeBob's weight
1: and unreleased stuff. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the stuff still to come, right? Because that motherfucker's still walking. Yeah,
0: but um, over 250 episodes so far. Yeah, um, you know, a movie grossing over 140 million dollars. Um, Broadway, Broadway show. Yeah. You know, sold out Broadway yeah. show. Um, adults, children. Sure. People get gacked out yeah. over Spongebob. Of course. And, and, like, who would have thunk it? <sighs> we're talking about... Think about this.
1: We're talking about a market that is oversaturated with junk, right. technically, that right. rarely lasts a few years unless you are really strong and legendary and unique. And we're talking about a sponge, a sea sponge, and a sea star basically yeah and a crab from what i remember i mean i haven't seen an episode for a long time now but i can tell you now teacher you me we're both in here yeah as soon as you start playing that theme song ears start perking up eyebrows start perking up and i'm not just talking about from the kids no not at all neighboring
0: teachers will start thinking oh
1: wow what's happening here i love i I love spongebob people will come in
0: from from five floors away sure well as soon as they hear who lives in a pineapple under the sea like that's it i mean there are hip-hop remixes oh my With god oh, oh my god well we're gonna find those and put those on the Steven, um, you know, besides being an animating genius, uh, he actually graduated from Humboldt State University in 1984 with a bachelor's degree in natural resource planning and interpretation with an emphasis on marine resources. He Hmm. then became a marine biology teacher at the Orange County Marine Institute at Dana Point, California. Um, this interest combined with his artistic talent and love of the sea and its creatures led him to write and illustrate stories as teaching tools with characters that would later become the denizens of Spongebob's home, Bikini Bottom. Talking about knowing your shit. So, I mean, this to me is just like, uh, just like how, like, uh, you know, Lewis Carroll, you know, came up with, um, Alice in Wonderland just as a way to entertain his, like, little nieces and nephews mm-hmm. he just started talking or his niece Alice like yeah. he just started th- making up this random this is shit just one about thing this girl Alice life. Yeah. right and this guy w- was a teacher yeah. in marine biology and he was just like hey you know wouldn't it be funny if I anthropomorphized a sponge yeah wouldn't it be funny if he lived next to a squid yeah. <laughs> and made hamburgers for a crab like what the fuck yeah. genius oh yeah." So, like, and, and just, you know, in terms of, like, I mean, living the American dream, too, like, to to be, like, just such an inspiration to go from something that you're truly passionate about, yep. right? That I'm sure plenty of people at, at points in his life were like, you know, you're never going to make any money in fucking marine biology, right? You're never going to make any money in teaching, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he proved them fuckers he wrong. he said,
1: fuck you. I got this. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But also, like... You know, it goes back to the whole saying, like, you know, never give up on your dreams. Well, his dream was to become passionate about what he loves most. And that was obviously the ocean, the sea. And to be able to branch off into so many different realms is is incredible. And so, you know, when people love SpongeBob, did they really know who Steven was when they were watching the show? No. No. But the fact that once we found out about his passing, everyone, everyone was so, so affected by it. And it was more about learning, okay, well, I actually didn't dig into who was the creator of Spongebob. I just loved watching it. But now people actually know the facts behind it. And that's what I find most interesting for me. I mean, I remember seeing on the train, I was on the one train maybe about four months ago. And I saw two children with a caretaker. And they were both watching Spongebob on an iPad. And across the way, an older gentleman saw it as he got up and was making small talk with the caretaker about how great of a show this is and how it's not torture for them to be able to watch it with their child but actually it enabled them to have a stronger relationship and a bond with their child as opposed to sitting there and thinking the show is just dreadful yet my child loves it right i can watch the same exact episode back to back to back Right. Yeah, I mean, that that's making an impact.
0: Of course, and and it's just like we talk about with, with reading or something too, right? Because a, a child can read all the books in the world or an adult can read all the books sure. in the world and it, it really doesn't mean anything until you're able to share that yep information with somebody else, right? We we don't read a book and then keep it to ourselves. We read a book and we go, "Hey, you know what? I just read this great book. I got to tell you about it." Yeah. And and so when when our children are reading, right? The the important thing is that you're talking with your children about what about they're what reading. reading. Yeah. The same thing can be said for what they're watching. And right? Sure. If it's if it's absolute torture for you to watch it, you don't want to watch it or yeah. you don't want to talk about it. And yeah. this was that thing that bridged that gap and yeah. and you know, right? And then it's making the sea something fun. You know, it's making like, wow! There really are like all these creatures under the ocean. Like the ocean is such a vibrant place. Let's learn more about the ocean, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: it's well, fucking dope.
0: Let's hope where he's at now, he's still can, you know continuing his passion. Of, uh, yep, of I, I I can really I, biology. I I can't help but imagine that Steve is is immensely happy and smiling oh, yeah. wherever he's at. Um, Cause you done done it, kid. <laughs> um, our last two in our actual. Death segment here um, are are going to be more concepts, and when we come back after the break, uh, we're going to be going over the um, you know the things we would have been better off leaving in 2018 yeah. that that didn't necessarily stay there, but that uh, we could have seen fall down an open manhole sure happily sure um, but these last two are more concepts than they are people um, the first one being Coding for kids. Hmm. We've all seen coding for kids become a big, big push. A lot of after-school programs, a lot of robotics programs. This coming to us from Slate, written by Joe Morgan. I'm a developer. I won't teach my kids to code, and neither should you. It's easy to see why parents push coding on their kids. What better way to prepare our kids for a future ruled by software than by training them how to build it? if everything is going to be automated it's much safer to be the one doing the automating and if learning to code is good then learning earlier is better but while these products may teach kids specific coding languages they actually have very little to do with the work of creating software a former coworker of mine was trained at a coding boot camp with the motto coding is the new literacy that sentiment is at the heart of all the programming books and games the description is one popular uh the description in one popular book Uh, says starting coding early is essential to prepare kids for the future this gives the impression that not teaching kids how to code is somehow equivalent to not teaching them how to read that is of course ridiculous coding is not the new literacy while most parents are literate and know how to read to their kids most are not programmers and have no idea what kind of skills a programmer needs coding books for kids uh, present coding as a set of problems with correct solutions And if your children can just master the syntax, they'll be able to make things quickly and easily. But that is not the way programming works. Programming is messy. Programming is a mix of creativity and determination. Being a developer is about more than syntax, and certain skills can only be taught to the very young. Uh, So basically, uh, I love this thing because, like I've said, we've all seen this boom in coding for kids. We, we've we seen all, all the apps, the place, yeah. all the camps, yeah. all the computer things, the books that he's talking about. And, yeah, it is fakakta. Mm-hmm. It is complete garbage. It's certainly complete garbage that, you know, that the world even needs everybody to be able to fucking code. That's outrageous. Nope. Just like the world doesn't need everybody to be able to cook.
1: Yeah. We're good. We have Mr. Robot. We're yeah, calling. we have Mr. Robot.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we we all, we only need one coder in the world and his name is Out there somewhere. Elliot Alderson. Yeah. Okay. Out there somewhere. That's it. <laughs> Once you've got Elliot Alderson and and White Rose, you're good. <laughs> um but yeah, uh and then and and this idea that it's the new literacy. I mean, uh, that parents parents are crazy for this yeah. shit. The way they used yeah. to be crazy for chess. Well, I was just about to say, it's yeah. just that
1: next big thing until it, it dies is. out. But with this in particular, you know, the te- there are teachers that are always like, well, limit screen time, you know, articles saying limit screen time. You know, I think some parents who are trying to be savvy are thinking if they're going to have screen time, why not be productive? Here you go. Right. But they don't realize that it's not really productive in right. a sense for they can actually get more out of it that's more applicable to daily life. Right. You know, and then you have the others who are just oblivious and here you go, I'm going to keep up with the Joneses, this is what's hot, great, you're going to do it, I'm enrolling you. Right. Or uh, here are the books,
0: you know, have someone teach you, go get, a, get a private tutor and come teach you. Well, and I and I think what's really awesome about this article too is that it, it being written by an actual coder, yeah. you know, it's not just coming from me, uh, you know, a crotchety old man who thinks like, our kids should be using paintbrushes <laughs> yeah. and not paintbrush for Mac, um, but it's coming from an actual coder. Someone who's on the front lines of Someone this. who's, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Who's not saying, I don't want my kids to be coders. Correct. He's saying, this isn't coding. This is different, yeah. This is not developing them in the ways that they actually need or or are beneficial. You can wait. Yeah. They can wait until they're a teen and they they can hack the FBI (laughs) website. Like, just chill. Because you're not doing them any good. Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah.
1: But rarely has anyone... Chilled, chilled the, the fuck,
0: fuck out, out. <laughs> Certainly especially not when it comes to kids. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I I think that we need to start uh, start slow playing the whole coding thing. Uh, I think everybody needs to uh, walk it back a little. Yeah, walk it back a little. Uh, but you mentioned screen time, and our next death is in fact screen time. Oh wow! This coming from the New York Times is screen time bad for kids' brains. Hmm. A study featured on 60 Minutes is sure to alarm parents. Here's what scientists know and don't know about the link between screens, behavior, and development. A generation ago, parents worried about the effects of TV. Before that, it was radio. Mm -hmm. Now the concern is screen time, a catch-all term for the amount of time that children, especially preteens and teenagers, spend interacting with TVs, computers, smartphones, digital pads, and video games. This age group draws particular attention because screen immersion rises sharply during adolescence and because brain development accelerates then, too, as neural networks are pruned and consolidated into the transition to adulthood. On Sunday evening, CBS's 60 Minutes reported on early results from the ABCD study, the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development, a $300 million project financed by the National Institute of Health. The study aims to reveal how brain development is affected by a range of experiences including substance use, concussions, and screen time. As part of an expose on screen time, 60 Minutes reported that the, that heavy screen use was associated with lower scores on some aptitude tests and to accelerated cortical thinning, a natural process in some children. But the data is preliminary and it's unclear whether the effects are lasting or even meaningful. Um. So then, it goes on. Uh, this this piece uh, referencing the sixty minutes study a lot goes on to discuss um, screen addiction and its effect on the brain, um, differences in brain development, sure. uh, you know, based on uh, amount of screen usage, um, what the what the study is hoping to get at, and 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 what their bend and agenda might be, um, and several other things. Um, but. Overall I bring that one up to to share with you and to share with the folks at home. A doy. Yeah. Um, first of all, the article starts off by saying, Yeah, we've all been like concerned about screens and about media since the dawn of time, as far as kids and brain development of goes. And we also already fucking know that screens are bad for kids. They're also bad Bad for for adults.
1: adults. Anyone who sits in an office and stares at a screen, they're terrible
0: for all of us. And we've known that for a long time. And in fact, just like the coders, just like hearing from a coder saying, I don't want my kids to code is meaningful, you should all know out there that people who work in Silicon Valley, people who work at Palo Alto, they don't have their kids. On screens oh, no. No. at all no they send their kids to specialized schools without smart boards yep. yep. so the next time you think that your school is hot shit because they're using smart boards right. or Promethean boards or because they're using iPads in their school guess what even the people who make screens don't want their kids looking at screens that should be telling you something that's like a, a that's like a smoking executive that's like a tobacco executive you know, telling their kids not to smoke. Listen, you're right. Because they know. But you know they
1: want to give the kids what the kids want. And the kids would love to have that iPad during the day. Or love to come up and use the smart board. It's picking and choosing that battle. And you know what? At this time, the child might actually be in charge of mommy and daddy's credit card. Mm -hmm. But you're right, I mean, listen. You and I, we see it every day. Lack of social skills kids becoming only strictly visual learners now. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there clearly are effects to it. This has been going on since day one. Since day one. Yeah. This is nothing new. It's nothing new. I heard about, I have to be honest with you, I didn't read the article and I did not see the 60 minutes, but I did hear about it and I just started laughing.
0: Uh, You have to. I mean,
1: and we're in the field of course, where we We study this stuff, Right. I mean, my wife is in front of a computer screen all day. Right. And then she comes home and she has to check emails on her computer screen at night. And I laughed because it has affected her. Right. And we have known her for four years now, and I see a difference. And that's, I'm not being dramatic here. Right. It's a matter of, can you actually send the message that, no, this is not going to happen? Mm-hmm. And when do you start that? Like you said, someone who works in that field in Palo Alto are not going to send their kid there. You're absolutely right. 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 Just like I would hope that someone working in tobacco would really lay the law down that you're not going to smoke. Right. You're in the heart of it. You know what it takes. You know what it does. Right. When will it stop? I don't know. And we work in. we mean, we have we had the
0: technology. I mean, again, uh, to me, to me, these things on some level are just common sense, and as we know, common sense well, ain't so common, especially in 2019. Gabe, but it's like I, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's like not good. But it's like you know, you're reading The Jungle by Lewis Sinclair, and, and you're <laughs> like, oh wait, well, I guess that makes sense because. The people who make sausages, it's not like they make sausages to keep people healthy. They're not doing (laughs) it for the good of people. They're doing it for a profit. Of course. And the people who make tobacco, they didn't make cigarettes thinking, oh boy, I really want people to feel good. No, (laughs) they made tobacco and they made cigarettes because they wanted to make a profit. Of course. The people who made screens didn't make teaching apps because they thought, or make game apps or make Roblox or Minecraft because they thought, Oh, for fun or this, for the betterment yeah, of a kids child. Kids will it's really love this. Yeah. They thought, I'm going to make a fucking fortune off of this. Of course. And, and as we also have learned from the opioid crisis and from the opium epidemic throughout the world, from mm-hmm. heroin, mm-hmm. you know, the best way to uh, have a, a loyal uh, a base is to create addiction. Of course. And what we now know about screens and of, and of blue light images is that you actually become addicted to the screen you actually need to check your phone every 10 minutes it's not it's not even a want it's not i just got an alert you just need to listen i think about i think about people not wearing watches so much anymore Mm -hmm. and part of that is because yeah sure you have your time on your phone you do it's also because you check your phone every, every 30 seconds. You know what time it is. So you know what fucking time if it is. If someone were to so ask you, you walking down the street,
1: you watch. actually don't even right. have to check your phone and because you just it checked becomes,
0: it. It becomes this excuse of like somebody will ask me what time it is. I'll look at my phone, yeah. even though I do wear a watch. I'll look at my phone and I'll look back at them and I'll go, wait, what did you ask me? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even register no, what yeah. time it was. I, I was honestly just catching a little like high there from my awesome. uh, fucking screen.
1: Yeah. it's. I have to be honest with you. I know we'll talk more after break, but. On my list was common sense, and I took it off, because 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 every or lack thereof, of course, but because because died in twenty eighteen because every single year we're gonna keep saying this we're gonna keep saying this but but it 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 has gotten worse, and we're talking about low level common sense stuff Mm -hmm. like walking down the street on a Mm -hmm. sidewalk and just I'm not talking about common courtesy, but thinking like with an umbrella, and you see someone else coming against you with an umbrella. My movement is going to be, oh, you know, fuck this person. I'm keeping my shit up. No, I'm going to try to be a decent person, but also have some common sense that if I kept it up and she or he kept it up, we're not going to be able to walk by each other in this tight space. Right. Yet, I always find myself to be in the position to think ahead or plan ahead. Right. And maybe it's because I don't have my phone out in front of me. I I don't know. But I know this is a, a crazy comparison analogy, but my point is that this has happened probably every single time I've had an umbrella. I don't every single time. I don't and I'm think talking it's crazy at all.
0: I, I think that common sense, lack, I, like lack of thought I, process. I think that like, uh, I think that the, the same way that people boil the world down to, uh, you know, there are those that, uh, you know, get stepped on. There are those that do the stepping and those sure. that get stepped on. There are those that do this yes. and those that do that. Yeah. I think when it comes to umbrellas, there are those people that are planning how their umbrella movement is going to affect somebody else And those people who are oblivious to everything around them, whether they have their phone out or not. Yeah. And I think you just happen to be one of those people. I I think when I'm walking down the street with an umbrella, I think five steps ahead. Am I going to go... Up with my umbrella to avoid this person's umbrella yeah, coming low. At me. Am I going to go low. to the yeah. side? Am I going to do this? Like you're doing your best not to gouge someone's eye out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, right. And and like you're saying, it's it's not because I'm considerate. I honestly don't give a fuck about no, that other You're not that considerate. It's more because I don't want my umbrella to get like knocked out of my hand yeah, of or course. something. You know, and I don't want to get wet. But it's it's it is that common sense thing of like if you're not paying attention to this what is that saying about you and like, that we're just talking about we're just talking about a rainy or snowy day that's here. all we're talking about i'm not about. talking about higher level this, stuff. It, we're in a class very low level there's stuff. a
1: ton of lack of common sense from the adults teachers parents that i'm seeing and it's gotten so much worse well, why i don't know technology maybe 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 there's something in our
0: water i, I have i have no clue well and, and and just like we're talking about with 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 coco and with animals like like you said this is not higher level thinking this is basic yeah calculus, right? This is basic physics that all animals can understand, right? When you watch planet earth, you see animals making these calculations in their minds constantly, right? When you throw a treat to a dog, it thinks, how do I twist my body to most, you know, efficiently get this treat and also also land safely? Like it doesn't think I'm just going to throw myself to the ground or I'm not going to even look where the fuck I'm going with this treat. Like animals do this shit. Why aren't we doing it? Well, there was a point in time where I felt like a lot of people were doing it. That's okay. the thing,
1: right? So why? For me, it's a matter of why is it getting worse, or maybe it's because I'm getting older and I'm grumpier and right. I'm less right. patient. Right. That it, I'm just I'm more irritated by what I'm seeing and right. maybe it has always been the same. I don't know.
0: I think we, we always have to be cautious about that. Um, and I, I, I tend to be less cautious than I, than I'd like to. And on reflection, have to walk myself back a little bit of being that rea- in that reactionary sure. mindset sure. of like, right. Uh, the idea of like, uh, yeah, is, is this thing, uh, oh boy, this just sucks now. Didn't things used to be better in the old days <laughs> that like nostalgia thing yeah. and like, and, or is it just that I'm noticing more now? because I'm just more connected to the world around me than I ever was before. Um, I agree. I, I look at, you know, the one for me that I I, I get pretty reactionary about is, um, is seats on buses and trains.
1: Mm-hmm. Seats on
0: buses and trains. And when I was young, I remembered pretty much everybody had one seat and that was it. <laughs> and now when Ooh. I get on a subway, I look and I see three people sitting across five seats and I don't, and, and they're doing the man, what is it? Man the, spreading. The man spreading. Yeah. They're doing the man spreading. Mer- respect doing, to urinal. They're rule. doing, yeah. they're doing the, the woman spreading. Yep. They're doing all the spreading. Yep. They're just taking up more space. And I just think, is this something that was always there and I didn't see it? Or, or is this like just our growing bodies? Like the fact that we're a bigger like race than we ever were before. Like we're just so obese and more like, egocentric than ever. Are we maybe more egocentric, like, I don't, I don't know, but right. I just, yeah, I look at it and I'm just, I'm, I'm baffled. I'm totally, or like, or, or even people putting bags on seats. Oh, like, I, I that mean, that's time. a whole other thing. Yeah. I don't even yeah. want to go there, yeah. but like, that's just not a thing that I ever
1: really remembered. All right. Well, I mean, just to end my umbrella piece and I'll be done with it. I promise but even putting a wet umbrella on the seat next to you. So now, when someone wants to sit there, they my, realize my like entire oh, well you're an idiot, just you just put a wet umbrella on that seat, so now either I have to put something down, try to wipe it off with my hand or something, or just sit on it, because it's a wet day anyway. <sighs> it just, these are the moments that have gotten me to a point where I just don't know anymore, and I didn't mean to bring up common sense and not link it to screen time, but what we deal with, and the people we deal with, a lot of it for me is, it's common sense. Shut it off. It's that simple. You'll end. You'll end a lot of problems. Shut it off. <laughs> I, I mean, I.
0: I just. I, yeah, Tony, I don't know if I can even get past the wet umbrella. Uh, oh, the, uh, this has happened. Scenario that you just more than posed. five times in the I, last last five I rainy days. Don't even think I can get past it. Um, Listen, uh, we are we are at the uh, almost the sixty minute mark, and that means uh, that you guessed it, folks. This is going to be a two parter. So this being uh, episode A, this will be our actual twenty eighteen deaths. Please join us next time for our eh, woulda coulda shoulda deaths of twenty eighteen. Love it. Of love it. Uh, and uh, of course, there will be a uh, a snack report. And even a, uh, a whiskey tasting. Uh, so Ooh, yeah. more on the other side. Uh, do, do hit that subscribe button. Do join us again. And uh, we will catch you next time. The Dull Crans is a free and independent podcast supported by listeners like you. To show us, support, and keep us free, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash and write in to us at dullcrayons at gmail.com. Along with our hosts for this episode, we'd like to thank Jesse Katz and Gwen Gallitzer for the theme music and Colin Matthews for the logo.